Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson, and this is Behind the Numbers, Week 16. All right, let's start off with some interesting stats from this week's game. Uh, Jabir Gibbs has produced 50 or more yards in 12 straight games to start his career that he's played in. That is a Lions record. Sam Laporta is the third Lions rookie to have three receiving TDs in a game. And this is actually an interesting list of guys I've never spoken about before. Uh, Joseph Tuaria, some of you may remember, the Dancing King. Uh, and Dope Walker, who has a college award named after. Uh, <laughs> uh, Laporta set the rookie record for tight ends in touchdowns for Lions rookies, Lions tight ends. In total, he set that record. Uh, he's tied on the all-time rookie tight end touchdown production list with Junior Miller in 1980. And that's he's tied for third on that list. And the two guys ahead of him are Mike Ditka and Rob Gronkowski, which basically that is the best two tight ends in the history of football. Uh, at 758 receiving yards, he's now 19 behind Brandon Pettigrew for the most by a Lions rookie tight end. People always forget how good that guy was before he started getting hurt. Pettigrew was the real deal back in the day. Uh, no rookie tight end has ever produced 700 yards, 9 touchdowns, and 70 receptions in a season. The only five other players who have ever hit all of those statistical numbers in one year are Jamar Chase, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham Jr., Kelvin Benjamin, and in 1960, Bill Roman did it. Huh. Amon Ross A. Brown joined Brett Perryman, Herman Moore, and Calvin Johnson as the only Lions to have seven 100-yard games in a single season. He is the third player in NFL history to hit 90 receptions in each of the first three seasons of his career. The other two are Woodall Beckham Jr. and Michael Thomas. He is fourth in league history in receptions through his first four seasons with three games to go. He also set his career high uh, for touchdowns in a season with his seventh. Jared Goff made Lions history this week and still has people talking smack about him like he's the worst quarterback in the NFL and needs to be replaced immediately. Can you name the other quarterbacks in Lions history who have ever thrown for five touchdowns and zero interceptions in a single game? I doubt we can, but I'm going to give you a moment to think about it. Just think about all the possible names that could go on this list and just have that one spectacular game. Okay, I'll put you out of your misery. It's never happened before in the history of the Detroit Lions. What else has Jared Goff done that no Lions quarterback in the history of the team has ever managed? Not Matthew Stafford, not Scott Mitchell, not Bobby Lane, not blah, 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 blah. Two consecutive seasons with 25 or more touchdown passes. Stafford never did it for the Lions two years in a row. He also joined a very exclusive group of quarterbacks 
that have had four or more touchdown passes in three or more different games as a Detroit Lion. And that list is Matthew Stafford and Bob Lane. And if you're reading the butchy numbers in the next part of this, so if that's something that makes your eyes roll back and hate everything about life, just you could stop listening now or like skip ahead a few minutes. But like the numbers are what matters in this game. Like in this sport, the results on the field are the thing that is actually important. Here are the touchdown, passing, and receiving combined and combined interceptions and fumble stats from the quarterbacks in the current top three seeds in both conferences. So these are the these are the best teams in the NFL. Every Lions fan would likely agree that these teams have a quarterback that could lead their team to a Super Bowl unless they have a weird hate for a specific player that's in this group. These are the elite teams with the best chance to pull off a Super Bowl this year, statistically. Like, top three seeds, that's that's who wins this thing almost all the time. This year, right now, that's the Cowboys, Lions, 49ers, Ravens, Dolphins, and Chiefs. And you know what? I'll throw the Eagles in there, too, uh, because they're not in that group by a tiebreaker. <laughs> so, I'll include them as well. So, again, it's all-purpose touchdowns, like she ever receiving touchdowns. And then the second number is picks and fumbles combined. And, you know, I'll throw the all-purpose yardage as well, just to give us something else to compare. So, in no particular order. Like, I'm going to tell you some of them are at the end, but there's a clear worst one and a clear best one. (laughs) And it's just really interesting who those are. So, 31 touchdowns, 18 turnovers. 3,652 yards. 28 touchdowns, 16 turnovers, 3,648 yards. 31 touchdowns to 13 turnovers. 3,933 yards. 22 touchdowns to 18 turnovers, 3,846 yards. 25 touchdowns to 22 turnovers, 3,900 and 76 yards, 25 touchdowns to 16 turnovers, 4,037 yards, and 30 touchdowns to 9 turnovers, 3,851 yards. Now, that last one is Dak Prescott, who, in my opinion, is the clear league MVP this year. I don't think there's really an argument against that. The 22-18 is Lamar Jackson. Uh, which I guess you could argue too is 25 to 22 is actually worse than Lamar's numbers. Uh, <laughs> if we're going for which one of those in there is actually hurting their team the most or limiting what they can accomplish when it comes right down to it. Statistically, it's one of those two. Goffs, by the way, is the 28 touchdowns to 16 interceptions with 3,648 yards. He is dead in the middle of this group. In pretty much every way, he's producing at the same level statistically as all of these players. Why am I using these specific quarterbacks as my frame of reference and leaving out someone like Josh Allen? It's because these are the ones on the best teams in the league. The ones whose situation is almost perfect to throw up some air quotes. Just like Goss critics say, it needs to be for him to be successful. 
And the idiots who want to get rid of golf still are showing that they don't actually pay any attention to anything that happens outside of Detroit when it comes to the NFL. Like other than Mahomes, who's in there at over 4,000 yards with garbage receivers, who among that group has a less advantageous situation than golf? Like Brock Purdy? Please don't make me laugh. Oh, it hurts. You're, you're making my herbs hurt. You're literally killing me right now with that joke. Tua? Like, yeah, they've had offensive line injuries and recently some skill position issues, but are we pretending the Lions haven't had games where they had only two of their week one starters on the offensive line too? But come on. How about Lamar? I mean, he's got three wide receivers who would start for the Lions immediately. And his offensive line was ranked number two. By Pro Football Network, the Lions were not ranked one. Lamar is not in a worse situation. But in terms of the actual production that he's putting on the field, it is significantly worse on a 17-game season. These are the quarterbacks playing on good teams, and these are the numbers that they're putting up. The ones that are better than Goff's numbers are significantly better, and there are some that are much worse. And yes, Goff did play a few games where he struggled with turnovers. But again, if you look at the actual number of turnovers on the 17-game season, he's one of the lowest on that list. There are only two guys on that list that have turned the ball over less than Jared Goff this year. That's enough about how unreasonable the Goff haters are. It's not their fault. They've just never seen quarterbacking this good in a Lions uniform. Let's talk about Jameson Williams. I love this player because every time he does anything, I just get so excited. <laughs> but I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out why his season hasn't gone as well as we would hoped. And like he just had what was his best game with four catches and 40 some yards. I think he was 47. But he still left so much on the table that it's it's just it's a little frustrating. Because he did really well. Love the guy. And I think it comes down to something pretty simple that a lot of young players do kind of need to learn as they come into the league. Like, he needs to let the other great players on the team help him. Like, when he catches a screen pass, he doesn't immediately need to try to juke somebody out of his sheaves. Like, if there's nobody there helping him on a pattern downfield, please juke the guy out of his sheaves and go up the sideline as you did, Mr. Williams. But if it's a screen pass, like, just let the block set up. Let, let's see we'll get to his block and murder the guy who ends up tackling you on that play. Because he was going to, if you if, if you just went inside where the, where the play is clearly designed for you to go. Or on like some deeper stuff, like run the road as it's drawn and, and like off fit the ball into a window that like, yes, if you go a little deeper, the window is a little less tight. People, you're not there as quickly. <laughs> Like Jamie just has he's so much so much explosiveness that at every level of football he's ever played at, it's probably in the right choice every time for him to take everything into his own hands and just make whatever play he can make. But at the NFL level, not only do you not need to do everything yourself, but you can't without help. Not every time. And like the other guys on this team are also awesome. Help them help you. Help them. Help you. 
just a general observation. Um, also, Goff did overthrow him a couple times this week. So if people could stop making the asinine statement that Jared Goff doesn't have the arm strength to overthrow JMO, um, that would be super cool because it's dumb. Other notes that are interesting about this Lions team this week. Uh, David Montgomery's success rate is still over 55% this far into the year. It is incredible that that's the case given how much of the hard work he gets. Like, I think he should just be the logo for the anger run segment on the NFL network at this point. Uh, <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, actually, his success rate is coming up too. He's at 46.1. And like, basically anything over 45 is good. And for a guy in his role, like he gets the ones where you're like, if there's a third and 15 draw, it's probably going to Gibbs. Uh, but it's nice to see his number coming up into that like good range, not just like acceptable, but good. And that's what I have this week uh, for behind the numbers. I was going to do a deep dive into how Ben Johnson uses his outside receivers to clear space for his inside receivers. Uh, but we'll see if maybe I have more time after the holidays. I actually recorded all of these on Monday. So if, Anything in my Viking segments contradicts things that have happened after that day. Um, you have my apologies. <laughs> but Nick Mullins should be starting. Here's hoping. See you tomorrow. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes! <laughs> You've had enough of that shit.